Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. One week before the Super Bowl, and gang, we've got your Super Bowl preview coming up. I'm going to tell you why the Eagles are going to win. Ernie's going to tell you why Kansas City's going to win. But Ernie, first, we got to address the NBA. But before we get to the NBA, let's highlight some of the local sports activity for the weekend. Again, the Rainbow Men, Warrior Men basketball team go on the mainland. They split again. They lose on Thursday. They win on Saturday. They're now 17 and seven, eight and four. Three full games back behind Santa Barbara for the number one seed. Everybody seems to be bunched up from two to seven. Um, They come back this week, hopefully that they can get on a winning streak and just be more consistent. I think last night they were consistent in their shot selection, which was great. In women's girls high school soccer, Punahou avenged last year's loss to Kamehameha, avenged last week's loss to Kamehameha, and defeated Kamehameha 3-0 in last night's finale that had to be moved away from Waipio Stadium because of the torrential rains <laughs> and put at um, Waipahu High School. So that meant no television because it was too dangerous to put it on TV. Wow. So that game did not go televised, and for Kamehameha, it's probably for the best. Punahou came out, scored one in the first half, quickly scored back-to-back goals in the second half, never were seriously threatened after that. Congratulations to Punahou, who had not won since 2011, I believe, but they snapped the tie now. They now win their 12th girls' state championship. Kamehameha has 11, although Kamehameha has five of those within the last 10 years. So Mm -hmm. it's been a Kamehameha show recently, but Punahou takes care of business. If you're going to play Kamehameha four times this year and you're only going to win one, Make it the last one. (laughs) And that's exactly what happened with Punahou. On the D2 side, Pac-5, which Ernie's daughters, older daughters, played for once upon a time. They win their second consecutive D2 title. So congratulations to the Wolfpack in girls basketball. Iolani wins again. They pretty much rolled through this tournament, a 59-38 stomping of Konawina in the final. They were never really challenged, and Iolani's dominance continues. That's three consecutive state championships for the Iolani women. So that's kind of a a highlight of what happened over the weekend in local sports. Anything you want to add to that? No, I'm just just, uh, congratulations to, uh, you know, the girls D1 and D2 soccer. That's as, uh, you know, Frequent listeners know that's close to both uh, me and Monty's heart over there, and to all the champions uh, and the continuing, uh, you know, as we round off the winter sports uh, season. Yep, and next week it's the boys' uh, championships in both soccer and in basketball. We'll see if St. Louis, the number one seed in boys' basketball, if they can go back to back, and then we'll see what happens on the soccer side you know will it be an ila school or can somebody like kalani or mililani pull it off from the oia so one i want to give credit to kule allen and the crew at hawaii sports radio network spectrum said it's too dangerous we're gonna not cover this game uh on tv hawaii sports radio network carried the entire soccer tournament Mm -hmm. on radio live and they did it again. They moved everything. They set up at Waipahu High School, and they had the game carried live last night. So congratulations to Kule and Allen and the gang in. there. Yeah, what a commitment. They were committed to doing this, and it was such an honor um, to be able to carry the girls' state soccer tournament. So congratulations to them. Again, we are part of the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Now, Ernie has been chomping at the bit for the last 24 hours or so, (laughs) and that's only got a little bit more intense with the trade that culminated. I mean, those of you that are on social media, uh, Ernie is a YouTube fanatic, and he was fighting for the last 24 (laughs) hours with people that are Kyrie fans, because we all know by now, one thing Ernie's consistent about is his dislike and disdain for Kyrie. So, earlier in the week, Kyrie does not uh, come to an agreement with the Nets on a contract, demands a trade. Speculation runs rampant all over the place. So 
He eventually gets traded today. He right. gets traded to Dallas for uh, for some picks and two two quality players. We'll get into that trade first. But let's just start with Kyrie announcing that he wanted to be traded and the chaos that ensued with my Lakers, mm-hmm. the Clippers, mm-hmm. Phoenix, the Bucks, Dallas, all jumping into the fray with Dallas winning out today. Your thoughts on the Kyrie situation? <laughs> Entertaining, entertainment at its best. Kyrie was on his best behavior. I mean, the Nets were doing well. They went on the great win streak while Kevin Durant was, uh, you know, healthy and all that. You know, creeping up to as high as number two in the East. Uh, you know, they've been playing relatively well. They, their defense had uh, been playing a, a lot better. <laughs> and then Kyrie. Kyrie, uh, I guess, doesn't get his. I, I guess doesn't get the desired contract offer from the Nets, and then, as we all know, Kyrie can be very mer- mercurial. Immediately demands a trade from the Nets, and boy, talk about uh, shaking up what has uh, at least been a quiet, uh, you know, trade season so far. You know, the deadline is not until uh, Thursday. Thursday. You know, it it became the number one story across the internet. You know, yeah. I mean, Kyrie is that way. So my my first inclination on Thursday when Kyrie announced this is it, it's Kyrie being Kyrie, yeah. and, and I think my biggest drawback or my biggest complaint about Kyrie is that he's very self-centered. He's very selfish in his thought process. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes people can support him in that his thought process are very social conscious, social, um, social justice conscious. So when he's taking a stand about certain things, people support him for that. But at the end of the day, when you're playing a team sport, He's very me, 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 me centric when it comes to how he handles himself, decisions he makes, etc. The Nets are playing decent ball. They were struggling when KD initially got hurt. They're playing decent ball right now. They're about ready to get KD back. Granted, timing had to happen because the trade deadline. But you would think Kyrie would be excited to have KD back and be trying to win a title. But instead, it's all about Kyrie in Kyrie's mind for whatever reason. And he demands a trade. He was prepared to sit out the rest of the season, which tells you how selfish he is. If I'm not going to get my way, I'm just going to sit out for the rest of the year. The hell with the rest of my teammates. The hell with the fans. The hell with the organization. The hell with the NBA. Now, if that is true, then that's a very, very, very bad look. That was my initial thought. Okay. Now, let me give you the Laker thought, because (laughs) I think and, and, you know, following Lakers social media, Laker uh, chat rooms, etc. The thought was that LeBron had initiated or instigated this. Uh, LeBron has been saying very passive aggressively that the Lakers have to do something. LeBron's playing out of his mind. Mm -hmm. AD is back, but they realize that just the two of them, they're not going to get it done. So. The speculation was he called Kyrie and said, demand the trade, force them to want to trade. What LeBron didn't, if this happened, what I think LeBron underestimated is that there'd be a bigger market than what the Lakers could do. So initially, here's my thought. If it was going to be Russell Westbrook and the two number one picks in 19, in 2027 and 2029, so four, five and seven years from now, if that was going to be it. I was in support of the Lakers making that trade. As soon as I heard that, if the Lakers make the trade, they could extend Kyrie for two years, or anyone could, for two years and $79 million. That's a reasonable extension for me for the risk that Kyrie entails. If it blows up, then LeBron, AD, and Kyrie would all expire at the same time two years from now. We'd start from scratch with the new wave of players that the Lakers could go and get. The problem with the Lakers right now, we talked about you know the bad luck with the refereeing last week, but the reality of the situation is they're in these situations at the end of games for as great and as brilliant as LeBron is playing. By the end of the games, he's exhausted, and the Lakers are not able to close. 
Many of these games, they're leading. Just like against Boston, many times they're leading. They give it up at the end, and then they are unable to win the close one. Because LeBron, my opinion is, LeBron's legs are shot. He's unable to get to the basket. He settles for three-point shots too much, and there's no one else on that team that can take the big shots. Kyrie would have filled that void. Would Kyrie have made the Lakers better? Like LeBron said last night and this morning, duh. Of course he would make the Lakers better. Would it make the Lakers a viable world championship team? That remains to be said. But to me, the risk of bringing on Kyrie, getting rid of Russell Westbrook is a wash contract-wise. They're both on expiring contracts. Giving up two number ones, five and seven years, was worth the risk in the short run, not giving Kyrie 200 million to me. But that didn't happen. So let's get directly to the trade at hand. Ernie and I have two different takes on this as well. If you read ESPN's analysis, you're gonna agree with me, but I'm gonna take it to to Ernie first because, um, well, I think he feels both teams did well. So tell us what you think about the Kyrie to Dallas situation. I think that's, from the Nets' perspective, if you're talking about from the Nets' perspective, because it always takes two to hand, right, tangle. Right, right, And the Nets are the last, they're, they're going to have to sign off everything. This was the better deal. If you, if you took the Russell Westbrook trade and the two number ones, KD is gone. He is absolutely gone. KD has a relationship with uh, Finney Smith. Finney Smith, 3-and-D guy, 36% shooter from the three-point line. On top of Dinwiddie, uh, excellent player, you know, shoots 40% from the three-point line, was on, is familiar with the new uh, the Nets organization, helped immediately, in my opinion, over a Russell Westbrook. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That I agree with. I mean, and I think that's what the Lakers um, realized, that they were going to have to sweeten the deal. The Nets wanted Max Christie, the Nets wanted Austin Reeves, and the Lakers had no interest in that. Right. Comparing Russell Westbrook and two number ones to what they got from Dallas, uh, Brooklyn definitely made the smarter decision in in that particular case. in, In my opinion. Now, coming from the Dallas standpoint, from the Dallas standpoint, I think... That the trade right now, what Dallas is, uh, you know, lingering in is, and it, it it's it's been evident all season. Luca needs help. Luca needs help. Luca needs help. That uh, you know the de- uh, the departing of Jalen Brunson really showed a big hole in regards to uh, you know what they're what they are missing. It wasn't the void wasn't filled with Christian Wood. Christian Wood filled for uh, Norman Powell, which and and it has helped. It just hasn't helped uh, fill the void uh, that Jalen Brunson, uh, you know, left in you know in in him going to the New York uh, Knicks. Kyrie Irving fills that and more, in my opinion. So as far as a one-year rental, and I really think no matter where Kyrie went, it was going to be a one-year rental. I don't think he, if he went to L.A. that he would have accepted the extension at 78. He already had $100 million guaranteed at the Nets. You know, I think the, the, he was upset over stipulations in uh, year three and four, where there was language in regards to having to win a championship. And I think that's where he got, got, he got all salty, you know. And just to uh, add on to what you said earlier in regards to how mad he was, he said if, if the Nets granted him uh, his initial contract offer, he, he would still would not take it, and he would sit out for the remainder of the season. Which tells me, if you're a GM and someone tells you that, that is red flag, red flag, Times ten. Yeah. I mean that's that's just the way Kyrie. He. I mean, you got you got to be blind or just looking at Kyrie's talents to to not see what he did at Cleveland, forcing his way out, uh, leaving the Boston Celtics. You know where they got basically nothing for him. At least the Nets got to trade for him. You know, and the Nets in the last four years, what a roller coaster with COVID. Uh, you know his off off court uh, issues. Only Kyrie himself 
and some delusional supporters uh, would see that uh, he was in the wrong in regards. Of course, they're going to ask for more guarantees. You've been absent for how many games over the last three years you yeah, know, with, with, with all your antics. But I believe, you know, getting aside that, getting back to, to uh, how Dallas stands, I believe that Kyrie is on his best behavior. He has to be. He has to be to be marketable. So he'll be on his best behavior for the next 30 games, including playoffs, you know, to increase his stock. Because, you know what, I, I, I just... The word out there was that everybody wanted, didn't had reservations in regards to granting him, you know, that two hundred million dollar uh, contract, contract that he requested. Right. But for now, I think that uh, the Dallas Mavericks, at, at the very least, appease Luca. And if Kyrie leaves, at least it opens up cap space. If Dorian Finney-Smith was still there. And if Dinwiddie was still, they're still on contract, so they they couldn't do anything. At least if Kyrie leaves and decides to go somewhere else, they can. The Dallas Mavericks can still pick up a marquee player because of, of the cap uh, space. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think from Brooklyn's perspective, I mean, it's been a roller coaster ride. There were such high hopes. Harden left last year. Kyrie leaves this year. Durant demanded a trade in the offseason. It's been complete chaos for them. I think under the circumstances, they did well getting who they get. Dinwiddie is familiar with the program. He'll come in. He'll be the the, uh, point guard, the playmaker there. Dorian Finney-Smith will add versatility, some shooting, some defense. Um, So they're going to be a better defensive team. You may see them switch to a strong... Now they have Ben Simmons, although they may trade him. But he's a great defender. Claxton's a great defender. Finney-Smith is a great defender. They may be more defensive-centric than they are offensive-centric. So from from their perspective, ESPN gives them a B-plus for this trade. ESPN gives Dallas a D for this trade. And this is where I agree. Now, from what Ernie says about the fact that there's really no downside here because they appease Luka, there's something to say about that. When your superstar is demanding something, he says he wants something, you go out and get it. There is something said about that. So I think from that's the only real true benefit I see here. I do not think this makes them a better team. I don't think Kyrie by himself is better than Dorian Finney-Smith and Dinwiddie in terms of depth, in terms of the versatility, in terms of the defense that they're able to do. I also see where Luka and Kyrie are very similar players. Dominant offensively, hopeless defensively. So now they've taken a step dramatically back defensively. They are already having to outscore teams. Um, are they going to be able to continue to outscore teams? We'll have to see. But you're right. They appease Luka. And if that was the goal of this trade, then that you accomplish. But in terms of making Dallas a bigger threat to win the championship, I actually think Dallas is ahead of my Lakers right now. But I think Kyrie with the Lakers makes the Lakers better. Kyrie with Dallas does not do that to me, make Dallas a bigger threat. Um even if Dallas were to somehow get through the West, which seems to be a, you know, there's nothing really shoot. strong it's there. It's a shoot. There's nothing because there's injuries everywhere. Steph Curry gets hurt again. He's going to be out a minimum couple weeks with a knee injury from last night. Um, Golden State, you just kind of don't know what's going on there. They may make a big trade. Denver looks to be the best team, but Jokic has been in and out of the lineup recently. And if he's out, forget it. Denver is yeah. going to plummet. Memphis is probably the team that has the most depth and the most strength and Dallas don't match up with them because they have their good defensive guards. Dallas is not a good matchup for Memphis. And certainly if they got to the finals, Boston, Milwaukee, all those guys would be a complete mismatch against Dallas. So appeasing Luka, yes, you're absolutely right. Making them a bigger threat to win the NBA championship I don't think this does that. I'm curious to see how they mesh. It's going to be entertaining. If you like offense, this is going to be entertaining. Yeah, it will. Yeah, that's the part. I but mean, both will it make them better. But both, we'll have to see. Yeah, both both of both of them are Mercurial, are Kyrie and Luca. I mean, we saw how Luca uh, acted when Porzingis was there. I mean, I was shocked. Uh, you know, especially when Luca was was still like 19 and 20 years old. Yeah. I mean, he was 
Yeah, yeah, we, we forget that he's still 23, 24 years old. It seems like he's like 30 or yeah. because he's been dominating yes. for such a long yeah, period but of time. I, I got a feeling. I mean, Kyrie put on the good show at, at Nets, and I believe he'll, he has to put on the good show. I mean, you plus, think, but Kyrie's not rational. He's you not. You think the logic, you're absolutely right. Logically, he's going to go there, toe the line. If he wants that four year, five year, 200 million, he's going to have to yeah. do that. But man, he's never really proven. I think he can do it for thirty games. He he's an admirer of Jason Kidd. Yeah, Jason Kidd uh, will steer and the GM. Yeah, both of, bo- yeah yeah both of them will steer him in at least until the end of the playoffs. After that, it's gonna be a crapshoot. And and like you said, we'll see. I have more confidence. I don't think I'm I'm gonna agree with you that I would put them right now. Fourth, like they are now, so right. like, they're, like I, they're I, no worse, but I don't think they're any yeah, better. I, I, I would put them fourth. I think they're better. I think if they didn't do this trade, I think Luca gets pissed off, and I think they just tank. The, they fall off worse than where they are right now, in my opinion. So I think I think they are better. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're my. They're definitely not my top choice to come out of the West. But they weren't anyway. Yeah. But I think under the circumstances, Brooklyn did well in this particular I, situation. I, I like what and I did. believe Brooklyn is better than uh, after this trade. Despite losing Kyrie, the upside with uh, Kyrie and everyone healthy, higher. But we knew that that upside is never something that you can kind of count on. He was going to sit out the rest of the year anyway. So they trade somebody who's that disruptive for two quality players and future picks later on, um, Brooklyn's GM did well. I mean, yeah. he's been getting hammered recently in other trades, but in this particular one, I think he did okay under the circumstances. I think they did okay. I wouldn't say they got better. In my opinion, they got... I mean, I don't think you, you replace Kyrie. I hate Kyrie. I admire him as a player and what he does out there. He does things that other people can't do. I mean, it's, 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 been, it's, been, it's, been, it's been proven. He's literally carried the nets. You know, since uh, 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 Durant was gone. Now, yesterday, Cam Thomas did his best Kyrie uh, uh, interpretation by scoring 44 points. Does that lead to something better? And and their defense all has has been on top half of the league. I think they were number 12. You know, and and that's all because of their coach. Their coach is more defensive centric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how this how how this goes through. If Kyrie uh, does. Doesn't get through these last 30, 32 games and becomes more of a distraction. I think every team is going to say, I'm glad that wasn't me. Yeah, and that includes my Lakers. Now, before I get into (laughs) what I really want to talk about, the scoring record that's going to be coming down at some point this week. The trade deadline is Thursday. So there's all kinds of talks about all kinds of players that could be available. Ojo and Aubi from the Raptors is almost surely leaving. He's demanded a trade. The Pelicans say today CJ McCollum is available. Really? They may trade CJ McCollum. Uh, Chris Paul has been made available. Um, There are talks that he would be available. There are so many things that could happen. Sacramento is seeking a quality all-star caliber player to go with Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox, willing to trade everyone else to get it. Um, So hopefully, for our sake, you know, if you're in talk radio, for our sake, hopefully it's going to be a crazy, wild trade deadline. that sees all the quality players end up in Los Angeles <laughs> for all of our riffraffs. But let's talk about LeBron. There's been a lot of talk that, you know, the, the, the difference between Kyrie and LeBron, and Draymond Green made a great statement earlier this week that says LeBron's been the face of the NBA now for almost 20 years, right. and he's never gotten to trouble. He's never been, you know, suspended for anything. He's never been arrested. He's never done anything yeah. bad. Good ambassador. Yet, he's still polarizing. Now, I think for many, it's LeBron's being so vocal in social justice type things that is problematic and rubs people the wrong way. Not for me. Um, not, not for yeah. you, but I think for many. But I think when people chase records this monumental, we all can agree that the number one sport in the world right now is the NFL. Yeah. The number two sport in the world is NBA. Baseball used to be the pastime has really dropped. Wow. However, with baseball records, 
It galvanizes the entire country when something is happening. When Maguire and Sosa was going oh, after yeah. uh, Babe Ruth, I mean, Roger Maris's record, it was everywhere. When Pete Rose was chasing Ty Cobb, those of us that can remember, it was everywhere. Baseball does an incredible job with chasing records. Now, baseball has some of the most famous records that some that may never be broken. And many people thought when Kareem retired way back in the mid 1980s that this record was never going to be broken. 38,000 plus points. LeBron James is on the cusp, just 36 36. points away from beating Kareem. And he's averaging 30 points a game in his 20th year. So if he stays healthy for two more games, he's going to put this record so far away that you would think no one's going to get to this. So um, your thoughts on LeBron chasing the record, getting the record, is it getting the attention? You alluded to that earlier that everybody's talking Kyrie, no one's talking LeBron. Do you think he's getting his due when he's going to become the greatest scorer in NBA history. No, I mean, way, way short of this. I mean, those records that you were talking about, those were talked about months before they were broken. Not days, not weeks, months before they were broken. And here we are, one, maybe at most, in my opinion, two games away from this being uh, LaBonche record, and it's taken a back seat to the Super Bowl, which I can see, and Kyrie Irving. Uh, LeBron, even though he's not my favorite player, uh, he definitely deserves way better attention than this. And I'm surprised that the Lakers media department or whoever handles the public relations for you know, the NBA, I think this helps the NBA and everything, uh, is doing a poor, poor job because this is one of the venerable records. Like you said, uh, Kareem took it to a point where you didn't think it would be broken. And when LeBron takes in, like you said, if he remains healthy, uh, it could go another generation, another generation before this record gets broken again. Well, it's been 38 years already for this one. And, and it's uh, it's like Jerry Rice and his wide receiver records that are unlikely, although it's a different world right now. Um Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think it's incredible. I think LeBron, I think the scoring thing snuck up on a lot of people because of his longevity. Because never, ever has LeBron been known as a scorer like Jordan. If this was Jordan, I think it'd be a much bigger deal. Because I think if it was Jordan, it would be, you know, kind of like the coronation of what was his destiny. Because he was such a dominant scorer, leading the league in scoring so many times. LeBron never really led the league in scoring. He's just incredibly consistent at 27 points a game for 20 years. And that gets you to the 38, 39, 40,000 that he's going to get to. Not only that, but he passed Steve Nash, guys, this week. He's now number four on the assist list. Now, whether he gets further up that list, there's there's a gap for him to get to number three. But he's top five. in. Think about this, guys. He's top five in assists and the top scorer in NBA history. Just thinking like that is just incredible. Yeah, it, it is incredible. It is incredible, and he deserves his flowers, you know, from the media, from the fans, uh, in a better way than what he's receiving right now. And I really hope that when he does, that everybody—I mean, I will—when he breaks that record, I will stand up and I will clap. And I'm a Boston fan, and I'm gonna clap for a Laker. Well. When that happens, can you please ask your daughter or your wife to videotape that and send that so I can post that on social media? I'll get you a Laker hat and a, Le- and a LeBron shirt so you can not, wear that. Not, so you can wear that. No, I won't do that. <laughs> In anticipation of LeBron setting the record, he's 36 away. They've got the OKC Thunder on Tuesday. I know tickets are going for as much as $100,000 a pop on Tuesday. Can he get 36 against OKC? I'm thinking there's going to be a little bit of... Kobe's retirement action where they're going to be feeding LeBron the ball to get him the record as soon as possible. If it doesn't happen Tuesday, Giannis and the Bucks come to town on Thursday and you know he definitely wants to break this record in Los Angeles in front of his friends, his family, and the fans of Los Angeles. So LeBron, congratulations in advance for breeding Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's long-standing record. Um, But it stays in-house. 
a Laker will beat a Laker. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, and to, to be honest with you, I mean, uh, the reason why I think this is not getting the traction as it has, is, and, and like you said, LeBron has been polarizing. And I believe it stems from the Cleveland days when he did his decision. In my opinion, that is why I... I, I you know, with all those records, you would think he's the shoe in for the gold. And that's why Michael Jordan is, you know, up for conversation in regards to the gold. Because Jordan did it with one team and didn't manufacture it in a way, if you want to call that manufacturing, the way LeBron did with the quote-unquote decision. Yeah, so you I know? think a lot of people our age who are more traditionalist right. are... are could feel that way but I think LeBron only created what everyone else does now I mean Tom Brady left and and all these players are just changing teams doesn't make it right like for us I still think loyalty matters right so I think for for the older generation maybe the older um, media people yeah that probably still leaves no, but, uh, but, something but, in their car I, th- I think that the the main thing for me is I don't mind that way it's how he did he made it into a primetime show right and right. that's to me I the, you could because the Boston Celtics did that with Gar, when, by bringing Garnett and Allen but they didn't make it into a show yeah I mean so he was foolish back then yeah. you guys all remember that right it was a made for TV thing with the money going to the boys club uh, for that but he paid the price for that but at the end of this week he's going to be the greatest scorer of all time we'll see if on Thursday he's not only the greatest scorer of all time but be. the Lakers have some quality players to help him out because if the Lakers do nothing LeBron's not going to make the playoffs this year and who knows what happens over the next couple of years so yeah. man that was a ton of NBA talk we're 30 minutes in we didn't even get to the Super Bowl preview now but we are going to do that again that's Ernie I'm Monty I was talking to my sister today who's a massive NBA fan she says you know Monty when you guys start talking with local sports and NFL I fast forward all the way until I hear NBA and then I start listening (laughs) then so can you start with NBA and today it worked out the NBA was the dominant thing so for you Cindy that's for you and best wishes to my dad who had massive heart surgery this week. Oh, He's recovering in Las Vegas Mr. Uh, this week as well. Prayers out to Mr. Pereira. Yeah. So let's switch to the Super Bowl again. It's Philadelphia, Kansas City, Philly still a one and a half point favorites, 49 and a half. They both arrive in Phoenix today to get ready for the Super Bowl. It is a fascinating matchup for the first time since 2017 when one. the Eagles and the Patriots were both one seeds. One it's seeds. happening again. 16 and three Eagles, 16 and three Chiefs. One has probably, in my opinion, the better team. The other has the best player. Ernie, do you want to start and tell me why Kansas City is going to win? Well, I've been... Okay, this is close. And all these, all this information is only going to put me as, as 55-45 in regards to why I'm picking Kansas City. I mean, I've already, I've already said on, on previous shows that I think Jalen Hurts deserves to be the MVP. I said on prior shows that Nick Sirianni should be the coach of the year. With all that said, you know... Talent and talent doesn't necessarily win everything, but in this case, it, it, with Mahomes, it does because it's coupled with experience. The Chiefs has been been. This is the Chiefs' third Super Bowl in the last four years. I mean, the probably the most successful team in that particular span. Uh, Mahomes showed me that a high ankle sprain, which I thought uh, was going to be, he was going to be fodder for that uh, Cincinnati Bengals defense. He definitely was not, in fact, getting a critical call by scrambling at the end, you know, I, you know, and, and getting that penalty, uh, you know, for the Kansas City Chiefs to, uh, you know, get that game-winning field goal was incredible. Now he has two weeks to recover. The question is, will his receivers, the top three, all being hurt in that Cincinnati game, Will they be back uh, to help them out? But during the game uh, versus uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, it showed me two things. One, their defense, albeit ranked right in the middle, is better than it is. They held a very, very good uh, Cincinnati Bengals team with Joe Burrows uh, and, you know, and Chase out there to only 20 points. They're a, that's, that's, a good, that's a good defense. And that defense 
is young, especially in the secondary. And that secondary uh, played, again, lights out. I think that secondary can hang with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I really think the passing attack from Cincinnati is, is better than uh, the Eagles. So I think uh, they have the advantage on that part. Two, I think Chris Jones is peaking at the right time. You know, yes, I believe that the Philadelphia Eagles have the best offensive line, but one of their their left tackles is injured. Jordan uh, Mailata is in there now. He's allowed six sacks. On top of that, 39 quarterback pressures. I believe Chris Jones will line up 50% of the time at left tackle and try to get, uh, you know, to Jalen Hurts. If he can outperform Hassan Reddick on the opposite side, because the Philadelphia Eagles have the number one uh, sacking team. I believe they had like uh, seven, eight sacks this season. If he can outperform Hassan Reddick, I believe that the Kansas City Chiefs will win this because Jalen Hurts, when pressured or when blitz and they get pressured to him, is the first is the fourth worst quarterback in regards to completion percentage. So I think that's going to be the uh, the modus operandi in regards to what the defensive scheme is going to be. I also believe that uh, Mahomes will be Mahomes. If Mahomes can perform the way he did again, what can he do? And I believe he, he was listed as fifty to six percent. Mobility during the Cincinnati Bengals uh, game, he's projected to be 85 to 90 percent mobile in regards to this game. That is that is scary in my opinion. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, in order to win this game, in my opinion, are going to have to score 35 or more points. I just I just don't see that happening. Uh, it's going to be a close game in my opinion. I I am not confident. I would not. I wouldn't bet a. I wouldn't bet 20 bucks on this game. I believe it's going to be that close, but I have the Kansas City Chiefs winning Super Bowl, uh, this Super Bowl, 34 to 30. Okay, so 34 30, Ernie sees Kansas City. So, I mean, on the surface, I think when, when, we, when I asked Ernie, I said, which side do you want to take? Because I think we both agree that this is a shootout. And it's very easy to make the argument for either team. But Ernie's a Steeler fan, so we went AFC for him. I'm a yep. Rams fan. I went NFC for me. So let me tell you why I believe Philadelphia is going to win this game. Now, if it's 34-30, I think America is going to absolutely love that kind of a high-scoring game. I actually think it'd be slightly lower scoring. I think somewhere in the 28 to, to, to 25 range. But let me tell you why. I think... One of the things with Philadelphia, they're the most balanced team in the NFL. They have the number th- uh, the number two offense. Kansas City's the number one offense. Philadelphia's number two. They have the, n- the number two defense. San Francisco's number one. Philadelphia's number two. Philadelphia is number one defensively against the pass. We know that the strength of the Kansas City Chiefs is the pass. Where, ca- where Philadelphia is reasonably vulnerable, when Washington beat them, when Dallas beat them, they were able to run the ball down their throats right up the middle. Now, last week against San Francisco, San Francisco wasn't really able to run the ball because the threat of the pass was completely gone. And when you don't have the threat of the pass, then of course you can stop the run. So the way to beat them is to run the ball. Kansas City is not a running team. They now have Isaiah Pacheco as their starting running back. Can they run the ball? Maybe, but they're not. So their strength is their passing game, the number one passing game in the NFL. Philadelphia's strength, the number one passing defense in the NFL. 78 sacks. The key is going to be, we saw this two years ago, when Tampa Bay's rush dominated Patrick Mahomes. Now, back then, he lost his tackles. So he was playing with backup tackles, and you could see that. And no matter how brilliant Patrick Mahomes is, when you're under constant duress, you can only do what you can do. Okay, so they're going to have to be able to block. The, what makes this so fascinating to me is you have, to me, the two best offensive lines in all of football. Yeah. Philadelphia probably has the edge as the best offensive line. 
Kansas City is right there with them with three guys that are Pro Bowl players on, on, on their line. Uh, and that's not even including Brown. I mean, that's just Thudy, Humphrey. Well, it does include Brown. Um, so I think both teams are going to be able to protect their quarterback. <clears throat> now, Philadelphia has the stronger pass rush. Chris Jones is a man amongst boys. I think the only way that they have a lot of success with Chris Jones is to move him outside because Jason Kelsey is the best center in the NFL. So if he's right over Kelsey, Kelsey has proven that no matter how big and strong you are, he can handle you. And their guards are strong as well. And Lane Johnson is strong. Their left tackle is probably their weakness. So if Chris Jones has to slide out there, I think that's their best hope because I think Philadelphia is going to be able to control the line of scrimmage. Now, Kansas City is a better rush defense than they are a pass defense. They're number eight in the league uh, against the rush. Philadelphia, by far the number one rushing team in the NFL. It's going to be critical that Philadelphia can control the pace of play on the ground. Keep Mahomes off the field. That's going to mean that Jalen Hurts has to prove that his arm, his shoulder is better and he's an actual threat in the running game like he was all year long. Because if he's not a threat, then it's much easier to sit in the passing lanes. And we both can agree that he was not strong against uh, San Francisco throwing the ball. Right. He's going to have to make some plays with his arm for them to win. If he plays the same way he played against San Francisco, Kansas City will probably win this game. If Jalen Hurts can be 75% of who he was for most of the year, I think Philadelphia is, is in good shape. Philadelphia has great cornerbacks. They have a great pass rush. Their weakness is in their linebackers. So it's going to require Kelsey to manipulate that middle of the field. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be really on Kelsey. But if I'm Philadelphia, I put two guys on Kelsey and take them out and force somebody else to beat us. Can Marcus Caldes Valdin beat Darius Slay one-on-one? you know, Hardman is out. Kadarius Coney is going to play injured. Schuster, uh, Smith Juju is going to play injured. Right. Now, how healthy are all of these wide receivers? If they're healthy, that's one thing. But I would make somebody, uh, Kelsey would not beat me if I'm Sirianni. Somebody else would have to beat me. It's not Kelsey. And I'm sure... Uh, Kelsey's brother probably feels the exact same way. (laughs) It's the Kelsey Bowl. So for that reason, I think Philadelphia has the more balanced team. I think Kansas City has the best player. Now, oftentimes, the best player can overcome the better team and win a game. So do I rule out the fact that Kansas City could win this game? No, I don't. Um, I just think if you look at the statistics, if you look at the matchups, I think the matchups favor the Eagles. Um, But let's just say 28-27. Wow. Philadelphia in a barn burner, awesome Super Bowl. We'd all win if that if that yeah. was the case. Yeah, and that's what I want. I want a, I want a good game, and I'm expecting a good game. I I love these types of matches. Uh, again, with all the information that we just uh, you know regurgitated out there, I mean, if, if if one or the if one point or the other point happens or does not happen, that could be the tipping point on who wins and who loses it could be as it all is in most games it could be turnovers you know a fumble an interception exactly but i think as i i i just got a feeling that that's that spread right now is more indicative of the way that the philadelphia eagles beat the san francisco 49ers and i believe that that score did not do justice to the San Francisco 49ers. I think the San Francisco 49ers are a way better team than that final score. Right. It's just that they were in desperation mode and it backfired. That if, you know, everyone was healthy, that would have been a great game to, you know, to challenge, you know, the the tough matches. I just think that the Kansas City Chiefs uh, have played uh, the tougher schedule, in my opinion. I think, you know, you know, uh, not to denounce the 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 NFC, I just think the the powers that be, you know, as far as the Buffalo Bills, the the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you could even throw in uh, the Bengals. Yeah, 
Yeah, the Bengals, yeah. Uh, San Diego. If you want to, if you want to play them, Miami. At least in the first part of the season, uh, was better than most of the competition that uh, the Philadelphia Eagles plays. This will be Philadelphia's, in my opinion, uh, set aside a San Francisco team that went down to their fourth string quarterback. The toughest team that they're going to be. Oh, playing. definitely. I, I totally agree with that. And I think there's no doubt that Philadelphia had the much easier road. They got the Giants. They got a battered, beaten up San Francisco team. They waltzed into the Super Bowl. I definitely believe that Kansas City is more hardened in, mm-hmm. in terms of their competition. It's going to be a, an absolute fascinating yeah. game. It's a legacy game for Patrick Mahomes. Can he win his second Super Bowl? If he can win his second Super Bowl in just his fifth year starting, um, he is going to go down as already one, one of the, of the two greatest. or three best. Tom Brady's yeah. the GOAT. It's going to be a long time before Mahomes can get there. But if Mahomes wins this one, who's better? Montana, maybe. You might still say Montana with his four for four. I'll, I'll say but Mahomes that. is going to be moving up there. There's going to be there's Brady, there's Montana, there's Matt Stafford, and then there's Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting too serious here. But on social media, tell us what you think. Do you agree with Ernie? Is it Patrick Mahomes destined to win his second? Is Kansas City just too much for Philadelphia? Do you agree with me that Philadelphia has the stronger all-around roster and is going to win their second? One of these teams is going to win their second championship in the last six years. Um, and that's that says a lot because there's only two, there's only two other teams that have been to... Uh, there's been one other team that's been to multiple Super Bowls, and that was the Rams, losing one and then winning last year. So these two teams have had relative success over the last six years. Yeah, and Reed, it's going to be and interesting. Reed, and Reed's been coach of both of these teams. Yes, he's been coach of both teams. You've got the Kelsey brothers. It's going to be a fascinating game. I can't wait to see. And we'll have you covered right at the end of the game. We'll be recording next week to give you our thoughts on Super Bowl 57 from the State Farm Dome in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. I'm not as excited as last year when the Rams were playing, <laughs> but I'm excited to see what happens. Now, let's go ahead and change our focus to Ernie and his closing thought. Or is it my turn? Oh, it's my turn? Okay, let's go to my closing thought. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is my closing thought. Okay, so I was going to save this for um, a couple of weeks down the line. And what we'll do is we will go ahead and cover the NFL and the Major League version. You guys know that I'm a big, huge proponent of lists and favorites and those kinds of things because I think it stirs curiosity. It stirs thoughts into people's minds. And again, we're always after your opinions on social media, Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over my favorite NBA squad of all time, player-wise. Not the best. I'm not saying these are the five best players in NBA history. I'm telling you these are my five favorite players in NBA history and then I have a couple of guys that would come off the bench so obviously I'm a Laker fan right so there's going to be a whole lot of Lakers <laughs> in my top five I, but I'm I believe not, I'm not surprised and you know what Ernie I don't know if you have the most update I, I actually updated my power forward so I think that's going to surprise almost everybody and it's those of you that really really know me well but of course my number one player on this team is Magic Johnson I've told you guys in the past I'm in my early 50s now. Magic Johnson was invited to my high school graduation, my college graduation, and my wedding. He never showed up for any of those three, but he was still invited. That's how much I view Magic Johnson as an extended relative of the Pereira family. Yeah, I, see, I, I see his jersey in your living room. His jersey, signed jersey up in my living room. Thank you, Magic, for signing that, even if you probably don't even know you did. Then my, my off-guard... Kobe Bryant you know Kobe Bryant is just a legend Um, I've actually told you guys this before Kobe came into the league right at the time that we're gonna start to have kids my wife and I had an agreement that she would name the first girl I would name the first boy and then we would switch we had a daughter first we had a daughter second but if we had a boy first the boy's name would have been Kobe Pereira Kobe Pereira that's how much I like Kobe now Kobe eventually had a little bit of a a downturn in terms of perspective in terms of getting in trouble with the law a little bit Uh, so my wife said good thing you didn't have a boy first because then it would have been a whole problem but 
Uh, Kobe Bryant, one of the top 10 players of all time, definitely makes my top five. Kareem would be my center, six-time MVP, five-time champion. He's going to be number two in the scoring later this year. He's definitely there. The number one scorer all time, LeBron James, he's in my top five as well. Now, the surprising pick. The non-Laker? My power forward, the non-Laker, Chris Webber, is my favorite, would make my top five favorite. I'm not surprised. Michigan. Michigan. The Fab Five was when I was just coming out of college when Chris Webber, Juwan Howard, Jalen Rose, uh, Jimmy King, and Ray Jackson were the first, the, the, the start of the freshman. Back then, it was unheard of that freshman would play, but Chris Weber was the dominant force on that team, became the number one pick of, or, of, uh, of Orlando, traded though to Golden State, later traded to Washington, and then Sacramento. He is a Hall of Famer. I love me some Chris Weber. Yeah, just don't, um, let, him, just don't let him call timeouts. Yes. <laughs> Against Ernie's North Carolina. That was just heart-wrenching back then. So my five would be Magic, Kobe, Kareem, LeBron, uh, and Chris Webber, my starting five. Then my next three off the bench, Shaq would be there. <laughs> okay. Charles Barkley would be there. Wow. I love the round mound, the wow. rebound. I was a huge fan of his when he came out because I was a round mound of rebound growing <laughs> up, so I could relate to him, although I could never jump like Charles could. And then Dominique Wilkins, the greatest dunker of all time, in my opinion. Ernie and I have talked about the fact that we're both uh, from a Catholic faith. My confirmation name is Dominic. Dominique Dominique for Dominique Wilkins. So when you start to name your biblical names after a player, they've got to be somewhere in my top eight. So my five, all Lakers. And then after that, Shaq barely misses out to Kareem, but you can't replace Kareem with Shaq. Dominique Wilkins and Charles Barkley. So... I know your top five would be completely different with a spin of green. I didn't ask Ernie to prepare for this. So I'm not sure if he did. But your thoughts on my five? No, I'm not surprised. I mean, you got, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, all covered in, uh, you know, gold over there as far as the liquor uh, contingency is concerned. And I'm not surprised with Chris Weber. I am slightly surprised with your bench guy and Charles Barkley. You know, I, I figure you'd put in Worthy or something. And, and that's my favorite Laker. Because he's from North Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) And my second Laker is Rick Fox. Oh, my goodness. He he was married to Vanessa Williams. (laughs) He's got got that that North Carolina Tar Heel spit. But honestly, I mean, I love James Worthy, but I was a huge Georgetown Hoya fan. So when they beat Patrick Ewing in that championship game and Fred Brown threw the ball to Uh him to end the game... I could never forgive him for that. <laughs> well, until he became a Laker. But that always was a little negative on James Worry. Same with Sam Perkins when he became a Laker. Because he was on that team as well. But anyways, in regards to my top five, I, I'm, I'm going to be... Yeah, let's try to see if I can be a little uh, as as non-biased Boston as as possible. And it's going to be... For me, it's going to be very easy. I, I can't I can't include all the the OG Celtics because yeah. although I know of them, the Bill Russells, you know, the Bob Cousy's, I never saw them play, so they can't be my favorite. Like you said, this is your favorite. Yeah, not this the, is favorite. Not this the is the not best. who's best. This is not. And yeah. it's just who your favorite is. Rose Chris Reber wouldn't be in the top right. five. He's so, a Hall of Famer, but he right. wouldn't be in the top five. So my favorite center of all time. Hakeem the Dream Elijah Wan. Wow. And this comes back from Phi Slamma Jamma, the Houston days, you know, with him and Clyde Drexler out Kenny there. Kenny Young. Yeah. That, I mean, when he got to the the Houston Rockets winning those uh, two championships in between Michael Jordan, <laughs> you know, uh, thank you, Michael Jordan, for not uh, for going to baseball those two years. Hakeem was able to get his, his championships. Uh, he was in my, he was just, I, I admire not only because of that, but the type of person Hakeem was. Yeah. You know, Hakeem was a, was a class I loved by all, very much respected, almost on the, you know, I think the closest guy that I could actually put, put, with, uh, put with him is Larry Bird. <laughs> no, Larry Bird, I'm just joking over there, but Larry Bird would definitely be on my list in regards to right. I mean... So Bird, Hakeem... <laughs> Bird, Hakeem... 
I'm gonna for my forward. I'm gonna put Kevin Garnett because I admired Kevin Garnett prior to him becoming uh, a Celtic. You know when he was with the Timberwolves, defensive juggernaut out there with the Timberwolves. You know, just by the fact that he brought the championship to the Boston Celtics, and it should have been two or three. Uh, man, I, I just look back at the 2009 season when the Boston Celtics. Were, had like the best start in Boston Celtics history and then he gets hurt and then they lose to the Orlando Magic I couldn't believe that yeah he would have been he had a chance of being in my top at least in my top 5 to 8 yeah. until you went to the Celtics and that automatically yeah. took him out but but I, I, I love him because uh, if he was healthy I truly believe that the Celtics would have had at least one if not two more championships uh, okay. while he was over there. Guard, I'm going to have to go with the OG man, the one that LeBron James will never catch up to. I'm going with John Stockton. That guy, I mean, it, you have to be my age or our age in order to appreciate John Stockton. What he did with Carl Malone was incredible, and it was for the longest period of time, it was like, oh my goodness, they've been doing this year after year after year after year after year. Well, that's surprising. I, they, I didn't expect John Stockton to be in your favorite five yeah, players of I, all time. Uh, He's certainly one of the greatest point yeah. guards, if not the second greatest point guard in history. Yeah, I, 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 I don't like Rondo kind of turned me off, right? especially when he became a Laker. Uh, Ainge. Yeah. <laughs> Ainge was fun, but he wasn't my favorite. And you know, and now he's with the Utah Utah Jazz. It, uh, I, 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 I mean, Dennis Johnson. He wasn't really with Boston that long. I mean, yes, he was there in the championship years, and there, there really isn't. Uh, I mean, we had Stephen Marbury. I mean, what about Paul Pierce? I consider he spent his whole year. I, while I, I consider Paul Pierce a, career. as a forward. I, I, I view him as a forward, and okay. he would he would be coming off my bench. Uh, yeah, so the as far as guards are concerned, Boston Celtics have had some very good guards. I just wasn't. I'm not so old if enough to appreciate. Then who's your fifth? I'm going with another. I'm just going to surprise you. The original it Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Wow. I I didn't like him with the bad boys, but boy, did, did I respect the guy. Coming out of uh, India, Indiana, uh, mm-hmm. that that he, the I, I, yeah, re- I loved Isaiah coming out of Indiana yeah. with Indiana, and then with Detroit. I loved him at Detroit until they beat the Lakers. Yeah, I, I, I trust me. I mean, I'm glad that that was the time. The time that it became dominant was the time that the Celtics started falling off and Bird started getting his back aches. But I, I actually, I hated Detroit. I hated Lambeer. I hated Mahorn. <laughs> You know, I hated Ben Wallace, you know, in those years, you know, as far as Detroit. But I love Isaiah. Six foot, if that, I mean, and with the playmaking. And again, another class personality. I mean, that guy was was real good on and off the court. I, I just, I, yeah. He would be my, my other guy. So we have my favorite team and Ernie's favorite team. I give Ernie a little bit more credit. He didn't front load it with Celtics. I mean, mine is heavy, heavy, heavy Lakers. But neither of us have Michael Jordan, which most people of our age he's on or my, any age he's on my bench. Is, is would be in their, in their top five. So no Michael Jordan for either Ernie or myself. Um, only really one, what I view as a true Celtic. Like, I thought you would have had Kevin McHale on there. Um, but it's just Larry Bird and then Kevin Garnett. And then you have all kind. Akeem the Dream, Stockton, both surprising. And then Isaiah Thomas. I mean, I'm shocked that he would be yeah. one of your five favorite players. But that's that's pretty cool. I, I, I'm pretty impressed with yeah, your top five. I, and <laughs> I, I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum will supplant those you know as they win the cha- as they win their championships uh, accumulate all-star appearances and you know uh all nba uh just not yet they're, they're too young in their career i'm uh, it's just unfortunate uh you know to, for them to be celtics you know and they're still only going to get better so i anticipate that with the next five years this list will include those two although you know i i'm a my favorite team my favorite players on on boston right now are 
uh, Jalen Brown first. I only put Jason Tatum second because he's a dookie, and I'm a North Carolina guy. You know, if you if he was a if he wasn't a dookie. I might like him better. That was the first reason why you didn't like Kyrie. It's because he was a dookie. But, gang, we covered a lot. We told you why Philadelphia is going to win. We told you why Kansas City is going to win. We both agree that it's going to be an extremely close game. We don't really have a strong opinion from a betting perspective on either game. The one bet, if I had to make a bet, I would take the 49 and a half over even if i think it's 28 27 that's 55 <laughs> i take over i think going over 49 and a half is the way that i would approach that we talked about my five favorite players of all time ernie's five favorite players of all time we talked a ton about lebron james and his pursuit of kareem's record that record will drop this week and lebron james is inching his way at the end of the day, it's going to be very hard to look at his rash of accomplishments, MVPs, titles, records, and not seriously say that he could be the GOAT. We don't think so. I think those of us that grew up with Jordan will never say Jordan is not the GOAT. But over time, these younger generations, they're yeah. going to start to look at his stats and yeah. be like, his stats blow Jordans out of the water. Yeah. There's going to be a lot more appreciation for LeBron after he leaves 10, 15 years down the road I agree. than there is right now. And Kyrie Irving, Ernie's favorite player, <laughs> is now a Dallas Maverick with Luka Doncic. So oh, I love you, Kyrie. He did Kyrie. not go to the Lakers. We're curious to see what happens this week at the trade deadline. Do my Lakers do anything to get better? Does to. Boston do anything? They do other nothing. teams, does Golden State blow things up? What's going to happen this week? We're going to be riveted. We're going to be tuned in. We're going to be excited. But until anything else already? I just want to reiterate uh, best wishes to your dad. I had no idea. Uh, I, I wish him well. All right. Love you, dad. And until next week, the sports rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear.